0: Christine Maxfield, and you're listening to "When in Rome" from Compass Magazine. Let me tell you a story. Last April, I spoke at the New York Travel Festival, and I met the most amazing girl named Kelly Lewis. Kelly's the founder of Go Girl Guidebooks, a series that's tailored toward the specific needs of women on the road, and she and I instantly hit it off. After the festival, we went to the nearest Irish pub with my friend Masha Vabnitsnaya. And between the three of us, we came up with the idea to start a women's travel festival. I don't know, maybe it was the pints that inspired us. But the difference is that Kelly, Masha, and another wonderful travel blogger named Michaela Malozzi took off with the idea and made it happen. And I'm so proud of these three gals. I recently sat down with Kelly at Hostelling International in New York to chat with her about all things travel and women's empowerment. So Kelly, I'm so excited to actually sit down in a more formal setting to talk to you about travel because we hang out. I mean, (laughs) we never talk about how you got into travel or what brought you to now. So I'm excited to pick your brain about how you actually got the travel bug and how you became the awesome founder of Go Girl Guides that you are now. Thanks. I'm excited (laughs) to have my brain picked. (laughs) So tell me, you were born and raised in Hawaii.
1: Yes. Actually, born in Arizona, raised in Hawaii. Oh, okay. I moved to Hawaii when I was in first grade Okay. And until I graduated high school, and then I moved to Arizona for college. Okay. So kind of bounced back and forth between the two. And then after you graduated college? <clears throat> after I graduated college, that's when I started traveling. Yeah. So we I moved to the world. New Zealand mm-hmm. for a year, and then came back, worked three jobs, went back to South America, came back, got those three jobs again, worked, worked, worked. <laughs> uh, and that's just kind of been
0: the pattern of my life. Yeah, had you done very much travel before then? What made you decide,
1: I really want to see the world? I mean, I'd always really wanted to travel. I really wanted to study abroad, but I really just couldn't afford it, so I didn't really start traveling until after I graduated college. My family's not really huge on traveling. So it was always something that I wanted to do, but I didn't really have the opportunity until I got my degree.
0: Yeah. Okay. So first you went to, like you said, New Zealand for that year, and that was
1: on a working holiday visa? Yes. What did you do? I worked for a company that did Lord of the Rings tours. <laughs> That's Actually, awesome. I know. I might have gone on one of the tours. You right? probably did. I was horseback <laughs> riding through that land. Yep, I did that. <laughs> I did that tour, too. It was really it was an amazing experience. You know, working in New Zealand is... So great, especially when you work frontline, because they have this really great partnership. So because I did Lord of the Rings tours, Mm -hmm. I was able to go on any other tour company tour for free. So I did the horseback riding tour that you're talking about. I did, you know, canyoning, whitewater rafting, skydiving, parasailing, you name it, I did it. That's really Sorry. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I didn't intend to. I just, I fell into this job. Not even being a Lord of the Rings fan, initially. (laughs) Initially? Yeah, (laughs) initially. And then, you know, it just turned out to be the best position that I could have asked for. And really the best year of my life. I had amazing roommates. And it was really a a coming-of-age trip for me. And that's when I realized that people travel frequently. And my roommates were great for that because they kind of opened the doors to the fact that the world is very small yeah. <laughs> and you can go anywhere just by getting on a plane. So yeah. that changed everything for me.
0: And how did you find that job in the first place? Because that's very unique. How do you suggest was... people
1: find things like this? It was New Zealand's version of Craigslist. It wasn't Craigslist. Okay. It's was called Seek, I believe, it was the website, huh. seek.co.nz. Okay. And I just, you know, looked around. I think Trade Me is another one, Trade Me.co.nz. Okay. And I just happened to find it and apply for it and then... I actually didn't get it at first. I was living in a, a different city, and then I knew I was going to move to Queenstown where the job was based. Okay. Didn't get the job. I was bummed about it, but I moved anyway, and then I happened to walk by the store and saw that they were hiring again, and I went in. I was like, what happened? She was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you turned up. It didn't work out with the other girl we hired. We'd love to have you, and I was working the next day, so. Let's see. It all works
0: out. Yeah. So just get yourself <laughs> on the
1: road. Absolutely.
0: Things work out. Jump
1: first. Yeah. Start out later. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> Okay, so then when you set off on the road again, where did you go? South America. South America. Mm-hmm.
1: And that was solo as well. South America, yes, was solo. So in between seasons in Queenstown where I was living in New Zealand, there's kind of a lull. Okay. So I really needed to take a couple of weeks off anyway because my company really wanted me to. So I went to Argentina to visit a friend and then fell in love with South America. Came back to New Zealand to finish up the year and then ended up going back to South America a few months later and then my roommates from New Zealand joined me. Okay. So I was solo, but I wasn't, you know, I was solo mm-hmm. for parts. I also made a friend on couch surfing. She and I went to Carnival. I started in Rio, went to Carnival with her, and then went to Uruguay and volunteered with sea turtles for a month and a half or so. Do you remember the name of that? Karumbe. Yeah. I'm looking at them right now. Yeah, that's so funny. It was a really amazing, amazing experience. I lost a lot of weight and got really tan, so I can't really complain. <laughs> <With Liz. laughs> yeah, and I get to play with turtles. Yeah, and then we really just backpacked, took buses, you know, from one side of South America to the other, huh. up into Peru, did Machu Picchu, down through Bolivia, and then I flew back and surprised my new boyfriend who I had just started dating before I left. Yeah. And I didn't tell him I was coming home, and I just sort of surprised him. And then I was like, okay, well, now I've done this. You know, maybe it's time for me to settle into this relationship and sort of have a normal life for a little bit. And, you know, luckily, every time I left, I was able to get my jobs back. That's really nice. So, But in better positions. So it was like I would leave as a waitress, and I would come back as a club manager. What? I would leave (laughs) as a club manager, and I would come back to be the marketing person. So it was like... I couldn't go wrong, really. I just had a really great safety net. So I came back to the States for a little bit. I was living with my boyfriend. I had all these jobs again. I had all this money that I had been accumulating, but no plans to spend it, no plans on traveling. And then in the middle of the night one night, I had a dream that I was looking at travel guidebooks for women. And in my dream, I was like, this is totally your thing. You're so dumb. You should have thought of this. Like, you could have done this. I was kicking myself in my dream. And then I woke up and remembered it the middle of the next day at my cubicle awful i was working this awful editing job and it just hit me that's how go girl started and then two months later i was in thailand writing the first book so oh
0: my gosh but that's so quick how did you do that so i had
1: all this money so i was just like you know what this is too good of an idea somehow it's never been done so i need to do it and two months later i was in thailand so it was quick it was That's really quick. Yeah, and they're beautiful.
0: I mean, beautiful glossy color pages. It's impressive. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. We so. really tried
1: to steer away from like the traditional black and white, yeah. small print guidebook. Yeah, because I, I mean, travel should be exciting. It should be. You should. It's a beautiful look at experience. It and, so why shouldn't exactly the, the <laughs> photos you should look at and, your guidebooks and be like, oh my god, I want to go there. I want to yeah. do this, and not have to read like size nine <laughs> font. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's interesting that you say that because when I was taking off for my first trip Abroad, it was when I was in college and I was going to live a semester in Buenos Aires and I just sat there looking at all the guidebook options and it was the ones that had the beautiful color. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it, it made me happy and excited. Totally. So, yeah.
1: And it is, I mean it's more expensive to do that. I'm but, sure it is. <laughs> but it's worth it. I mean that's that's our brand. We're like we're bright pink. We're yeah. we are very colorful. So <laughs> <laughs> So
0: how do these guidebooks differ besides the color photos? I mean why are they specifically for
1: women? Sure. So we focus on women's health and safety in different countries. Okay. So our first book was on Thailand. Since then we've done Mexico, Argentina, London. We have a book on Costa Rica about to come out and a book in New York about to come out. Oh, awesome. So yeah, it's really fun. We focus on like sort of girlfriend to girlfriend content. Yeah. Where are their tampons? Is this area safe? How do you get to your hostel if it's late at night? Things that I would tell my best friend if she was going there like real lowdown. We don't right. sugarcoat anything. So good. I think that separates us from yeah. a lot of places. We don't take handouts while we're doing guidebooks. We really just hit the ground and hunt. And also, you know, we have a really strong focus on women's health and safety. So we interview local OBGYNs, we talk about nice. abortion laws, we talk okay. about pregnancy and birth control options. We talk about, you know, everything. Everything that a woman really needs to know in a void that has existed. Until yeah. until we came along. And so... And people might not even think about that. Like, the tampon issue is totally. a big issue. I've had a lot
0: of problems sometimes trying to find anything I can use. I know. I
1: kind of always joke that we're the company that talks about tampons. Like, <laughs> you know. But it's true because I think initially before this dream even happened, when I was in Argentina, I was staying with one of my friends And I remember getting into an argument with her roommate because she wouldn't share her tampons. I was like, come on, dude. Yeah. Help a sister out. And she was like, no, my mom had to FedEx these to me. Uh like, you can't find them. I couldn't find anything, any tampons in Buenos Aires. All I could find was sanitary pads. And I was like, ugh, Uh why doesn't anybody tell you this? (laughs) And so I guess I was like, Thinking it before I knew I was thinking it, you know. Yeah. And then really, the dream was like what catapulted it all together.
0: Yeah. So as far as solo travel safety, mm-hmm. what are some pertinent tips that you would love to give people?
1: Oh man, There's I know There's a, a, a million. Ton. <laughs> <laughs> I always try to be a tiny bit prepared while I'm traveling. I don't like to over-prepare. I personally don't map out every single thing I'm gonna do. No, me neither. But I do know where I'm gonna stay. So I think that anytime you go to any city you should know where you're gonna stay mm-hmm. and how you're gonna get there. Because sometimes yes. you might arrive late at night. You know, you just don't know like your bus could break down. You need to know how to get from where you're gonna arrive to where you're going. That's right. And then once you're there, you know, everything else sort of falls into place. I say talk to everyone. Yeah. Talk to everyone. Talk to the people in your hostel. Make yourself known. Talk to people on your bus. I was on a bus in Bolivia by myself, which was kind of scary. Like it was an old chicken bus, Yeah. really run down. I was the only traveler, foreign traveler. And there was this family sitting next to me. You know, I gave them my iPod and we kind of like tried to talk through the barrier and they were sharing their crackers with me. And at a, a rest stop, when I was in the bathroom, the bus almost left me. But they spoke up and were like, no, wait, wait, there's still one more. And so it's like, had I not spoken to them, had I not made my presence known and tried to get to know them, I would have been in the middle of nowhere in Bolivia. So, (laughs) you know, I think talk to everyone, be aware of your surroundings, be aware of your belongings. Mm -hmm. Always. That's kind of, when I first started traveling, that was the most difficult part for me because it's it's exhausting having to know where everything is at all time and who is around you and where you're going. Always and
0: watch your back.
1: Always watch your back. Yeah. But nothing has ever, I've never been robbed. I've gotten into some dicey situations as far as like weird sexual situations with yeah. men. But I've never had a catastrophe that I couldn't overcome. And also my writers, none of my writers ever have either, so... So it's really important
0: to get out there to women, you know, because fear is one of the main things that holds a woman back Mm -hmm. from traveling solo or otherwise. Mm -hmm. So just to say, hey, you know, the worst thing that ever happened to me is I had a a t-shirt stolen. Yeah. In Africa, they could have used it more than me. So okay, (laughs) there's the t-shirt for you. You you can have it. You can have that. And some things you can't avoid, like you said, the word sexual stuff, Mm -hmm. but it didn't harm you. It grossed you out.
1: Yeah. I mean, so I have kind of conflicting emotions about talking about the this kind of stuff because my whole goal is to empower women to travel but the reality is sometimes things happen you know and sometimes things happen even in your own country Absolutely, absolutely Absolutely. i always tell the line of being afraid to talk about those experiences because i don't want to scare people away from traveling and also feeling the need to talk about those experiences because they are real and it it is scary, and I feel like if you're armed with knowledge, then you're better equipped to overcome it when it does happen. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I've just I've, I've had some weird situations with men in South America, in Argentina specifically. I've been spied on in the bathroom. I've had some really weird situations that I recently been talking about mm-hmm. on Huffington Post and another platform. How have women responded? It's really funny. Women have been totally supportive and everyone keeps saying you're so brave you're so brave for telling your story men have been really brutal in and, what uh, way just well you shouldn't be traveling anyway so you should always just stay in America yeah they always get uh, that right if route. you're afraid of going anywhere just stay home and it's like well I'm, I'm not and that's not the point of the story it's exactly not the point of the story <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, like, stuff happens, you know, and you just have to figure out how to get over it and move past it. But it's, like, it's one of those areas that, as women and as travelers and as bloggers and writers, I don't feel like we're talking about enough because once I started telling these stories, then I got so many emails from women, like, Thank you so much for sharing. This happened to me, too. I had a similar experience in Argentina. You know, whatever it is. Like, there's this forging of common ground that I'm, like, how, you know... We need to be the voice because obviously there are... People that have stories that they'd like to share about this, you know, and it's just a scary thing to talk about. It's a scary thing to talk about, and I think that also a lot
0: of bloggers, writers, they want to tell the good to get people inspired to go out on the road. They don't want to, like how you're saying, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to scare women about, but they also need to be prepared. If you're in these countries specifically or anywhere, stuff could happen. This is what you do. This is how you avoid it, Mm -hmm. you know? If I had just reached out a little bit more about my safety, I would have known that they slashed bags in Ecuador, and mm-hmm. my stuff wouldn't have gone stolen that way on the bus, you know? So, you're absolutely right when you're saying you're arming women with knowledge mm-hmm. so that it won't happen to them, totally. So
1: That's the goal. I mean, it, it has been a little bit uh, difficult for me, in, just in this area, because, I mean, sexual assault is not... Fun, yeah, it's not the pretty side of traveling, but I think, like you said earlier, you could be assaulted going to the grocery store, so yeah, it's not a matter of being in a different country, it's just a matter of being prepared. And when you are in a different country, I think that I mean, you are a bit more of a target because it's not your country, yeah. So, I think the biggest thing, the biggest challenge for women in South America is feeling like you don't have a voice yeah because i felt like I, I was saying like i have a boyfriend i have a boyfriend and it, it was translating to like i have a cat like yeah like no one cares no. you know and when these
0: and terrible things care. happened and
1: i did speak out they were like are you sure are you sure you know and i'm mm-hmm. like yes i'm freaking sure <laughs> like it's just that's the frustrating part of it not yeah. being your country yeah. you know and, and th-
0: even wearing the fake wedding ring i mean they don't care
1: yeah and you just that doesn't apply to their country they're like okay well yeah (laughs) maybe back home exactly it's Hmm. like I don't know I mean traveling has its own sort of issues and this is one of them for women and so that's where we try and talk about these things you know yeah open the discussion uh, because I think it's an important discussion to have did you ever carry any pepper spray or anything like that never no didn't need to do that I because just,
0: you were able to prepare as far as, like you said, how to get from point A to point B mm-hmm. safely and all of that sort of preparation. Yes. So you didn't have to use the, uh, oh, crap, I'm in a bad situation.
1: Now I need to use a no, bit and, of a weapon. And I go back and forth on like whether or not I personally wouldn't ever use anything like that because I do believe that people are mostly good. Mm-hmm. But I do understand why women feel like they would want to have something like that. You know, I can totally see where it would come in handy. I just personally think that the world is mostly good, and that if you're in a sticky situation, strangers will get you out of it, because it's happened to me hundreds of times. Yep. Yeah. So, the
0: kindness of strangers, really. The kind, they they and want to watch out and for And that's
1: what is important about traveling, is it really reinstates your faith in humanity. It makes you realize how people will really help you, yeah. and ask nothing. So, and what's this response from guys
0: as far as your stories? Are they intimidated that we're, you know, girl power getting out there more and more? And that when we do talk
1: about some things that happen, they're like, ah, ha, ha, see? What is this? I like, don't, you know, it's so funny. One of my writers, we have about 40 bloggers that write for our website. One of my girls did this article about the difference between. The reactions that she gets when she says that she writes for women's travel so women are always like oh my gosh guidebooks for women that's such a great idea that's so yeah. awesome men are like why do you need that <laughs> like there's just a total disconnect so we have thick skin in this business for journalists yeah. first so yeah it's not like what they're saying is really frustrating it's just like come on <laughs> yeah it's easy for me to be like well course, you can say whatever you want, but you'll never understand what it's like to travel as a woman. That's right. So therefore, our audience are women that do.
0: (laughs) And, you know, it's important, the responses you're getting from them. That's your audience anyway. Totally. And it's not all
1: men. I don't want, I mean, some men are very like, oh, cool, I can totally see why that's useful. I understand why women would need that. Others are just like, uh, yeah, I don't really feel like there's any difference between the way men and women travel. And you're like, well, you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what is this women's travel fest? So
1: <laughs> very exciting. So Go Girl has grown over the years. I moved to New York as a result of that because I needed to be in a bigger place. On the move here, I did a big cross-country book tour. Which was incredible. And I was speaking to women of all ages across the country, grandmothers who were bringing their 15 year old grandchildren. And, you know, it was just so incredible to connect with all of these women. And I started thinking, like, this really needs to be done on a bigger level. Yeah. And then when I got to New York, I met some very inspirational women, such as yourself, oh, who, you were you. one of them, <laughs> and I really started thinking, like, time to do this in a bigger way, and so the Women's Travel Fest was born. Mm-hmm. And so, March 8th, which is also International Women's Day, nice. we're going to host the first ever Women's Travel Fest, which is a mixture of speakers and vendors, all promoting and empowering women to travel the world. Mm-hmm. So, our speakers are discussing everything from how to travel solo through Africa, to mm-hmm birth control options to traveling with kids. I mean, everything that you can think of. And what I really wanted out of this venue is to have an open platform to talk about these things honestly the bad and the good yeah i want women to feel empowered because we've talked about it all yeah i don't want to just say rah rah travel is awesome we need to get into the nitty-gritty of it like right why aren't more women traveling you know what is the fear that's holding them back how do we break through that and also give women tools to really go and take on the world yeah so i'm so so excited about it I keep envisioning my head, it's going to be like 400 of my new best friends, like all hanging out, talking about traveling. And I'm just, the energy is going to be amazing. And Masha and Mikella, who I've been working on this with, are just incredibly talented and mm-hmm. I just I'm I'm so excited about this and I've never done a big festival like this but it seems like a natural progression of yeah. our company and I can't wait it's gonna be so incredible actually I mean like mm-hmm. you're saying you don't want it to just be raw 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 travel because we are already
0: stoked about travel totally. so now like, it's like okay great yes we are all mm-hmm. ex- excited about travel now let's get to
1: the real right how do I do this Safely, Yeah, it's going to be good. And one of our speakers, you are one of our speakers, (laughs) which I'm so excited about. I'm so grateful. (laughs) (laughs) And another one of our speakers, her name is Sarah Shord, and she was Mm -hmm. one of the hikers who was hiking in Iraq recently. I think it was actually in 2009, and she was in prison in Iran for 410 days in solitary confinement. I can't
0: even imagine.
1: I mean, her story is really incredible. And she's going back to the Middle East for the first time since her imprisonment like a a few weeks before the festival, so I am so excited to hear her story and to ask what's kept her traveling and to hear the light that came out of that darkness. I'm just so excited. (laughs) It's It's going to be such Uh, an amazing festival. Yeah, it is.
0: It's such a good time because, like you said, it's International Women's Day, which Mm -hmm. is awesome. And it's also a week after the New York Times Travel Festival, which is huge. It's the biggest travel show in the country, so Mm -hmm. you couldn't have timed it
1: any better. It was kind of an accident, actually. I picked the 8th because it was a Saturday and it just seemed like a good day. (laughs) And I told Masha, and she goes, oh, you know that's International Women's Day. And I was like, of course it is. This is just magic. It (laughs) is. Amazing. So if people want to find out more information about the festival, where do they go? You can go to com okay. or gogirlguides.com mm-hmm. Early bird tickets are $50 until the end of November although we might do a special Cyber Monday sale after Thanksgiving.
0: Wonderful.
1: And then after that there's $75 general admission. Great. Yeah. All right. But it's great I mean we're going to do lunch, we're going to have a big open bar after party. The venue for. is beautiful too. <laughs> I know. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's called the Angel Oransons Foundation and the photos I posted on Facebook, my friends are like, is it Hogwarts? (laughs) It's so beautiful. It's an old synagogue that was built in 1864 and has not been restored and it's just magical. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Alright, my dear. Well, are you ready for your Traveler's Ten Questions? Of course. Okay. Mm -hmm. What travel book makes you want to pack your bags and hop on a plane? Ugh. So
1: good. Have you read Tori DeRoche's Swept? No. It's so good. It's called Love with a Chance of Drowning. Okay. It's called Swept, Love with a Chance of Drowning, and it is amazing. And she's oh. also a blogger. One of my E friends. I've never met in person, but I just love her. And she's so funny. It's a story about her experience sailing around the world with her boyfriend, and she's terrified of water and she's terrified of sharks. She's terrified <laughs> of boats and it's just a really amazing yeah, she's story. She's still doing it. And she's That's still great. doing it, yeah. It's a great love story. So oh, I'm gonna Sweat. have to check that out. Yeah, it's nice. really awesome.
0: What destination do you consider a best kept secret? Ooh, right now Loretto, Mexico.
1: Loreto, Mexico? Mm-hmm. What's there? It's incredible. It's in Baja Sur so it's a couple hundred miles I think above Cabo but it's really, really incredible. It's called the Islands of Loretto huh. because it's basically like a gulf that's surrounded by islands and it's just as beautiful if not more so than Cabo but without all the tourists. Yeah. So you have this amazing beach all to yourself and it's just ugh it's just incredible. I went there a couple of months ago, took one of my best girlfriends. The best time. I mean it's just so beautiful. The water is like turquoise. No one is there. You don't have any banana boats or anything distracting like that. It's just so relaxing. We stayed in a hotel called Via del Palmar, which is just really spectacular they have little suites, so you have your own kitchen oh, so cool. we would like go down to the farmer's market and pick up all these clams and come home and cook them it was incredible
0: nice <laughs> what site should be seen at least once in a lifetime and why
1: mm, everything <laughs> just one site i know it's hard well i mean machu picchu is incredible I feel something there. Machu Picchu is incredible. Yeah. The walk to Machu Picchu is almost more incredible. Mm -hmm. I did I hiked the Inca Trail.
0: I didn't get to. It was the 100-year anniversary, and it was booked months and months and months before. Mm -hmm. So... I'm so happy you
1: got to experience I that. I did, and I was really worried about it, because I am not the fittest of the fit. And the altitude, <laughs> everything is just crazy. But I did it, I mean, I did it, and it was a really incredible experience, and I feel like once I got to Machu Picchu, I was like, oh, cool. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm ready for bed now, yeah, because <laughs> I mean, I've been hiking for four days, but the, yeah. h- the walk itself was almost more special than the sight because... Machu Picchu is amazing Yeah But it's packed with tourists It is You can't avoid that I mean they're everywhere And they have little flags And you know They're like yelling And it's It's a little bit crazy After you've walked For four days And you get there You're just like Ugh yeah, just took the train you yeah. had a shower like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the sight is really amazing and it's one of the things that I'm really happy I've seen
0: how oh, wonderful the train is hilarious because they'll actually come down the walkway modeling alpaca shawls and stuff to really cheesy disco music and it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's hilarious I much would have rather
1: hiked. well so, just, next time next time <laughs> what and where was the most memorable meal you've had while traveling? Oh, jeez. Okay, I've had one of the best steaks of my life in Portugal.
0: Ah. In Lisbon. Are they known for their barbecue there?
1: Not really. No, but I went to this, well, kind of, I mean, kind of, yes and no. So I went to this place, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was Cachara do star Well, and I'm impressed. You I know, remember. I remember the, I'm I think I think it's something like that. Okay. Um, <laughs> if you just Google Dobama Star, will find it. It was amazing. And I was traveling with my boyfriend at the time who's a chef and he is impossible huh. to please. Yeah. We went to this tiny little restaurant and the chef comes out and he goes, fish or meat? Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, meat. And he brought out this huge steak. I mean, it was enormous and looked so well seasoned with olive oil and lemon. Nice. And it was just delicious. I and mean, we ate the whole thing. Plus dessert. Plus a bottle of wine. And it was probably probably the best meal I've ever had.
0: Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. I'm surprised that you didn't say Argentina for the steak because they're known for that. So, so this must be pretty damn good. I know.
1: I've had a lot of steak in Argentina too, but this was Doesn't, maybe the uh, best steak I've wow. ever had. Yeah. All right.
0: That's saying a lot. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> what was your most nerve-wracking experience on the road and how could other travelers avoid it?
1: Yeah. A lot of the experiences that I've had that have been less than pleasant. Wasn't really involved bus employees while yeah. I was on long-distance buses in South America. And being spied on the bathroom was horrific, Yeah, especially because he saw me doing some lady business, which yeah. no one should ever see. And, <laughs> you know, there was a hole in the door that I put my eye to. And when I put my eye down, his eye was beating back at me through this yeah. little hole. And that is just a terrifying feeling. So I think, obviously, establishing boundaries quickly with yeah. bus employees is the best way to get out of that and really if you have to be rude just be rude Yeah. I think when I first started traveling I didn't want to come off as the rude American you know I wanted to be friendly myself and open unfortunately in some parts of the world you just have to not be you have to be rude and you have to be firm and you have to create boundaries and mm-hmm. stick to them that's right so, so there's no misunderstanding there's no grey area yeah. you no know, because it's weird it's like you could be blinking to get an eyelash out of your eye and someone would think it's an advance so yeah. <laughs> you have to really be firm, and be a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Can I save up? <laughs> so, what passport stamp still eludes you? You know, I've never been to Italy, oh. surprisingly. And I have family in Italy that I've never met. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you need to go immediately. I, I really want to go. I'm also dying to check out Norway and Sweden. Oh, oh, yeah. Those are my, my next i I'd love to go to
0: Norway. I've been to Sweden, but not Norway. Mm-hmm. it's lovely. Lovely.
1: Expensive. Very expensive, yeah. I really? know. Let's splurge a little. I'm going to. I'm going to. I think I'd like... Really, ideally, I would love to start traveling with my father. Oh, you know, because wow. we... You know, we've had kind of a rocky relationship. and But now, as I'm an adult, it's changed. And he's always wanted to travel. And I think I would really love to go with him to Italy and meet our family and sort of have a father-daughter trip. That's lovely. Yeah. We did it once recently. I think last year we went to Chicago and it was so much fun. And huh. I just, you know... I really wanna nourish that relationship and see the world with him more. So what is your most cherished souvenir and why? Ooh, my tattoo. Ah
0: mm-hmm. where hey, is it? What is it?
1: When I was in Thailand when I was working on our book, I've spent a lot of time with elephants there. I was at the elephant nature park in Chiang Mai. I met an incredible woman named Lek, who uh-huh. is doing a lot for elephant conservation. And while I was there, I really wanted to get a tattoo to commemorate our first book and the experience of this new chapter in my life. So I was kind of dating a Thai guy, and I said to him that I wanted to get a tattoo. And next thing I knew, he took me to this place, to Master Tattoo Shop, is what it was called. <laughs> I met well, the, the master, master to and, yeah, and I was like, I want a small elephant, but I already have a half-sleeve on my left side. Uh-huh. And so they're like, no, 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 you can't have a small elephant. You have to have it balanced, So they drew up this huge half sleeve of an elephant for my right side. And I was like, oh, God, I don't know if this is going to be good. And then I had to choose between bamboo and gun. All these choices. You know, (laughs) everyone, they don't speak English. I don't speak Thai. So I'm there with this guy that I'm, I'm seeing. And he's, like, translating. And... The end result was is this beautiful black and white elephant, which is a half sleeve on my right-hand side, on my upper arm. Nice. And the trunk sort of extends over to my shoulder blade. Oh, wow. And it's just... I'm showing her. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... It's a really special tattoo for me. And I was sitting there, and I was like, this could either be great or it could be horrible. It's
0: beautiful. It's the beautiful. It's The impressive. So you did gun, then? I did the gun, yeah.
1: Yeah. Because bamboo tattoos it's it kind, kind of, of fade sometimes. And, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I really am so happy about it, and the best part is that I get to keep it forever. Yeah. (laughs) What were your experiences
0: at the nature park?
1: Because that's another place I'm looking at for next year, actually. It was overall really positive. It was kind of sad because one of the elephants just died. Yeah. And she had... From old age or... Yeah, from old age. She had a best friend who was super sad, another elephant. So I was like, oh, it's Sad, but what you know. What was the
0: other elephant doing?
1: Was she just moping she around. Snipping? She was just really depressed and yeah. I felt really bad for her. But we learned a lot about logging and the proper way to experience elephants and how to not hurt them and, and not exploit them. Not exploit them, like not nice riding in chairs yeah. on their back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, things like that. Yeah. I mean it was just really amazing and luck is just so she's tiny, she's it means small in huh. Thai. And I ended up naming my tattoo. Lick that's for her, neat. yeah. So, I'm
0: so excited. I hope it works out next year for me to go there. You should. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's just she's just really an amazing person, and it's a beautiful, beautiful space. And you get to watch the elephants and feed them, and yeah. it's really special. It's neat
0: to meet really inspiring people like that that are mm-hmm. doing good in the world. Totally. So you don't really hear about that on the news, or you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, and she's like, she's five feet tall, and she's yeah. like tackling the logging industry, right? Bringing it down. It's it's incredible. She's that's, really, really amazing. That's awesome.
0: What's the most interesting customer tradition you discovered abroad, and did you bring it back home?
1: Well, I think... After spending a lot of time in Thailand, at first I was—I came back home and I was bowing to everyone. How did people react to that? (laughs) They were just at first they'd be like, "Oh, okay, that's cool." But now I'm really conscious of what direction my feet point in. Oh, because I can be so rude. Yeah, yeah, because like the rudest. It's really rude to point your bare feet at someone, and so I'm always cautious of that. And I mean, I grew up in Hawaii, which is very Asian influenced, so we always take our shoes off before we go into a house. Yeah. So that's something that I've just always done. But it was nice to be in a place I'm like, I know how to do this. Yeah, (laughs) I felt so horrible.
0: I was in Cambodia, and I needed shaving gel. And they didn't quite understand the woman didn't understand what I was asking for. And so I not only picked up my foot, pointed it, and pointed down at my leg. And then afterwards, I I was just devastated. uh I'm like, how do I get out of this immediately? Yeah. And I couldn't explain to her how horrified I was. Mm -hmm. But I just was so rude. But... She played
1: it off. She's like, okay, I understand what you are trying to do. Totally. I also love the way that Buddhists and Thais think about the world and one another. I remember the guy that I was seeing, he was talking about a friend who has a lot of problems, and he was just like, you know, just go elsewhere with your problems. I don't want them on me. I don't want to deal with them. Like That's your issue. You take care of it. And. That's, like, such a great way of thinking about it. And so I've always kind of been conscious of that. I like that. A lot. Yeah. I mean, and just very, like, yeah, I'm not going to let that affect me, you know? Just, like, really... Well, and it it can be contagious. Bad attitudes. (laughs) The same guy. I remember once we were eating, and I was stuffed, and he was like, eat more, eat more. I'm like, I can't eat more. I'm so full. And he looked at me, and he said, do you have the ability to grow a grain of rice? And I said, no. And he said, well, then out of respect to the farmers, you should eat everything on your plate. Oh,
0: wow. And I did.
1: And I was like, that's a really great way of thinking about it. See, that's, really great that's way. what
0: travel does. Mm-hmm. Opens your mind to, wow, aha moments, you totally. know? Totally. And then what is your biggest piece of advice
1: for aspiring travelers? Get out there. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Book your ticket and go. Yep. I always say that travel is as simple as two things one, buying your ticket, and two, getting on the plane. After yep. that, you're good to go <laughs> yep.
0: you'll sort it out totally. you know? but if you keep putting it off like oh, I'm not prepared yet you'll never get out there do you'll not waste it out. time yeah, yeah. just yeah. do it nice and what's the most profound lesson you've learned
1: around the world that people will come to your rescue if you need them that people are good and that people will show you the beauty of the world yeah I think everything comes down to the people in your life I mean and this is like universal whether you're at home or abroad everything comes down to people. And I think abroad, it's just the kindness of strangers that really just makes you want to cry. <laughs> you know? Yeah, You are know, like, it's so beautiful that you would stop what you're doing and help me, that, that you're interested in, to know where I'm going, that you want to help. I just feel like people never cease to amaze me, and angels come in all forms, and yeah. I find them everywhere when I travel.
0: Agreed. And those that have the least amount, they tend to give the most of themselves, and we need to stop making ourselves into such islands, you know? Absolutely. Solo islands and Absolutely. keep everyone out. We need to really embrace and ourselves up. Amen, sister.
1: Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I'm really looking forward to the festival in March. It's going to be incredible. I'm so excited for you to speak.
1: It's going to be great. <laughs> I can't wait.
0: I really hope that I see you at the Women's Travel Fest on March 8th in New York. Because as you can tell from Kelly's and my conversation, it's going to be an inspiring event filled with kindred spirit travel sisters. So make sure to grab your tickets soon at www.womenstravelfest.com or at gogirlguides.com because prices go up after the new year. Plus, it was just announced that the adorable Samantha Brown from numerous TV shows is going to be speaking as well, which I'm personally jumping up and down about. So until I see you at the Travel Festival, get out there and set the world on fire.